Hello everybody, we are a band from Slovakia called Cico Band and Rene Rendi. And now you're listening to the podcast Katsumoto with Peter Sikoro and Jeff Lobmanov. Hi everyone and welcome to the fifth episode of the Katsumoto Conversation. I'm Peter Sikora here with Big Papi, Jeff Lobman. How you doing, Big Papi? Doing well, brother. How we doing? Doing great, doing great. And uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to the Tito Band for this great introductory song uh, for our conversations. And uh, definitely, let's get it rolling. Man, I uh, I got hooked onto the Tito Band like eight months ago, and I still listen to like the same five or six songs. I know I'm supposed to branch out, but I still just blast that Czech Slovak gypsy music in the car. I love it. Gets me going before practice in the mornings. I love it. It's great. Awesome. Awesome, man. So uh, what do you got? What do you got? Uh, I think we can you know, definitely talk about a lot of stuff today. Uh, first of all, the National Hockey League is starting. You know, it's, uh, you know, as as much time we don't have, now we're going to have way less. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously we're going to have to watch some hockey now. And we can talk about that later too. But uh, definitely, you know, let's just... Uh, uh, when we talk over the phone, let's uh, try to cover some uh, kind of like progression of players, you know, like from different age groups and how they should be progressing, how they should be kind of when they get to certain age, they have to start realizing what kind of player they are. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that, you know, we can talk about uh, the progression. Yeah, I think it's a great topic to talk about and you know, also not only your progression as a player skill wise, but your progression as a player, as a human being, uh, and kind of finding your identity. And, uh, I know that, uh, we are going to be following up with this topic, uh, with some guests in the future, but, to, to kind of touch on it and give people, you know, a little bit of information on, you know, how my player, or if you are a player, how I should, uh, be growing as a, as a person, a player, as we uh, progress through this thing we have. Uh, I think it's a great topic to talk about and, and one that's not touched on nearly enough. Yes, 100%, 100%. Obviously, it's way different, you know, how the progression should look like when you go from mites to scorers and uh, when you go from Benton to midget hockey. So, uh, you know, it's uh, I can see it... Uh, I went through it all with my son, uh, start coaching when he was four years old. And uh, definitely the progression is way different in different age group. And uh, I think uh, when you get uh, to the age, probably between the Bantams and Midgets, let's maybe start with that, uh, where definitely the progression really should uh, be uh, the player recognizing what kind of player he is recognizing what he has to work on recognizing that maybe the parents or the father's voice behind him should be less so recognizing you know how much you know more time he should spend on different aspects of his game and you know i think definitely there is something where you know these players should take responsibility on themselves to start recognizing and start to you know research ask the coaches and kind of like uh you know just really find themselves yeah uh i think that you know growing up coaches want players that are able to bounce around to different positions they want 
players that can be versatile. Um, and you know, you don't, you don't really know what you're going to end up being. I mean, just, just from personal stories of myself, you know, I started out as a forward up until I was a peewee and then I never looked back, uh, you know, every so often they'd have me jump up there, but I was a defenseman through and through. I loved it. Uh, I just love that aspect of the game. And, but it took me until, you know, my second year of peewee to, to figure that out about myself. Um, but then you can start getting into the, even the smaller classifications of it, right? Uh, power forward, playmaker, sniper, you know, what, what kind of guy do you, or girl, do you want to be on the ice and, and what, what's your skill set, right? What's your skill set? Um, you know, you, you know, just bringing up the NHL, like there's a lot of guys that get pigeonholed into certain, into certain roles, right. And, and how did they end up in those roles? And, you know, what, what were the things that were potentially holding them back from being in other roles or, uh, and, and on the positive side of it, what did they work on constantly to, to end up being a consistent playmaker? What did, the, what were the guys doing that ended up being snipers? Was it part of their development? Is it their natural ability? Um, where did they find that about themselves that like, you know, I can just figure out how to put the puck in the net. I can just figure it out all the time. When that puck comes off my stick, there is a high probability that it's going to end up in the back of the net. So when, when along those lines, do you start to discover yourself? Uh, for me, it was my second year peewee. For others, it could be your first and second year Bantam. But, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow this up with, when did you figure out that you were an incredible playmaker. How did that come to be? What, what were the things that just clicked for you as a player growing up that, that that translated into your amazing career? Well, for me personally, I always was able to score a lot of goals and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I realized probably the same age around 11 and 12, 13, maybe that, uh, you know, I can really put the puck in the net. I can make plays. I am the high end top player. And, uh, I realized that actually very early, but I didn't realize till like 16, 17, really what my other flaws are. And, uh, that's actually the most important thing where, you know, a lot of these players are so good at something where you know they go through 10 11 12 years old and they're so good at something but when you get to 14 15 16 that's not uh good enough to play and uh i was uh, very not uh fortunate i was that good that my skill and my goal scoring always kind of uh took over where you know when i was in the younger age 15 16 where really the coaches still would take me on the top line because they knew i i can produce but realizing at 16 17 that if i want to make it to the next step i have to really work on the other aspects of my game that uh, actually that really helped me to get where i am where, where i was and uh you know left and right watching hockey you know just uh being all over the rink the last couple of weeks all these tournaments in boston seeing a lot of hockey you know i can see that and and uh definitely these players uh it's important to realize what they're so good at but as important to realize what they need to work on 
And uh, when you get to the top level hockey at the U15, U16, you know, you don't have to be com complete player, but you have to be damn good to be playing any kind of top two lines or top six or top four defensemen on, you know, any top 10 team in a country. Yeah, I agree. And, and it's through figuring out and understanding and addressing your flaws that you're able to progress. Right. So, you know, the guys that, you know, we've talked about this before about the guys that hit the brakes as they get older, because they think that they're always progressing and they're just naturally going to get better. And, you know, I was, uh, I was talking to some of the guys on my team recently. Uh, they were, they were out there just having like their own stick time. You know, we get a lot of ice time with the Academy program and, and we had already done our skill session and, and our team practice for the day, but these guys wanted to get some extra ice. And, you know, I was hanging around at the rink doing some work and uh, I looked out and, and I didn't see them really doing anything of any substance. Right. So the conversation starts turning into, you know, any ice is good ice. And I think that's a terrible awesome. phrase. I think it's an awful phrase that people use that just because people are on the ice and, you know, we've talked about development and doing the right things before. And, you know, part of finding yourself as a player, as you said, is finding your flaws. Okay. I understand that my flaws are this and this. So if I have the availability to use this ice and I have my teammates there and it's not just me, you know, kind of putzing around doing, you know, just shooting pucks, it's all right. I need to work on my backhand receptions because that's something that if I want to be a successful winger, I need to be able to handle these paths on my backhand. It's something that I haven't been able to do so far this season very well. Hey, for the next 20, 30 minutes, can we, can we work on backhand receptions? And you see guys, at the higher levels do this all the time. You know uh, I see guys in the, in, at the pro level, um, they will go out there for their skill sessions and they will ask to work on a specific skill. And I think that 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 starts to be the difference maker for a lot of players is, OK, I have these flaws in my game, but I want to be this type of player and I want the coach to see me as this type of player. So I'm going to work on these things. And then the guys who just seem content, they're just like, all right, I'm just going to shoot around for a little bit. You know, you know, any ice is good ice. I'm out there. I'm just out there. Um, but for for me personally again just to kind of backtrack to me i i liked being a first pass d-man and i was very offensive when i was younger uh and i fell into the role probably around honestly for me i fell into this role probably around my third year junior uh when i was in canada i started being a little bit more of a stay at home my plus minus started to you know really be something that i focused on heavily um it's not that I wasn't finding a lot of success offensively. It's that that's what I found joy in, if that makes any sense. Like that's where, that's where I enjoyed the game the most, like being able to find that angle on that breakout pass or, you know, on that neutral zone regroup, if that just hits tape to tape and they're flying up ice, like that was just the premium moments for me being able to find those plays and being able to be, kind of a catalyst for everything going up the ice. That's what I enjoyed about the game. So that's where I started to focus. That's where I started to focus and making sure that I could be the best I could be at that, you know, quote unquote, first pass D man. Uh, and I think that that's not, that's not seen as something that's super sexy nowadays. It's just part of the job description. 
a lot of defensemen almost want to be a fourth forward. They want to be that next Kale McCarr. You know, they want to be that type of guy. You know, maybe maybe that's just uh, the type of coaches that I had that that made me enjoy that even more. Or maybe that's just who I am as a player. But identifying that allowed me to become as good at that role without trying to spread out my skill sets. And, you know, I, I found a lot of success in that role in, in, you know, keeping pucks out of the net and being reliable back there and being a guy that, you know, when I get the puck on my stick in the defensive zone or the neutral zone, it's going to end up on my teammates tape. So how, how do you see players being able to recognize that maybe even younger than their, you know, for me, I think that figuring out that I like being a defenseman when I was peewee, but finding myself into that role, my, my really my third year junior, how, how can players start to identify that earlier so that they can train and develop and, and succeed at those roles even earlier? Uh, there is a, uh... You know, there's actually a couple of points going through my head right now that uh, I really want to say after listening to you, you're all making great points. I think uh, I'm going to come back to that question, but I had something in my mind while you were talking that, you know, right behind my computer, there's an NHL hockey game going on and, uh, you know, the Washington playing the Bruins. And uh, I think one of the biggest problems is that all the kids, all different age groups, they only watching highlights. And that's one of the biggest problems because me as a coach, and I'm going to come back to it, is like I, I watched the whole game. I watched the whole game and even the top players, they asked, you no, know, they're going to have those two unbelievable highlights a game where it's going to be all over the NHL tonight and uh, all going to watch it on the Instagram and social media. But when you look at the whole game, every shift, the touches they get, the uh, angling, the positioning, the, the way they move the puck, you know, they never slow down the play. They never, you know, get themselves in the position where they would uh, kind of make a turnover or kill the play or lose the position of the puck. And I think this is one of the biggest things what i would recommend to you know kids or you know teenagers or whoever wants to work on their game don't just watch the highlights watch the whole game and kind of like you know watch the game between those highlights those players are making because that's so important to the coaches and uh you know coming back to the youth hockey you know I know there's a live barn everywhere. You can watch your games. And I know all the kids always pick up all my guys for that unbelievable goal. It's all over the Instagram. And I have 7,000 likes, this and that. But go and watch your every shift. And after you're going to watch your two, three or four games, then you're going to find out that all the stuff the coach is saying, actually, you're going to see yourself doing it wrong. Or you're going to see, see yourself slowing down the play because you cannot catch the puck on the back and in the full speed. And then that's what you have to work on that extra ice sessions. And I think that is so important and really is going to help the young players to recognize really the flaws in their games and, you know, maybe jump from the third line center to the second line center, because, you know, like 
just like you were talking about the defenseman, you know, you from like the offensive defenseman, you find your role when you were successful. And trust me, a lot of the coaches, they really need defensemen like you. So it's not like the coaching staff on any team. And I'm talking even the U15 and the U16 right now, which I'm kind of involved with and watching a lot of hockey, you know, not every defenseman the coach wants to look like a Makar. And, and trust me, at this level, unless you Makar, you're not making those plays. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, I think really so important, let's say, talk about the defenseman at this age level is you need to be able to break out and hit the forwards in speed. If you're able to do that and make that first pass on the stick where the forwards can enter with speed through the neutral zone and attack their defensemen, you will play on any team. Like I'm guarantee you. But if you take that puck and try to do the Macar thing and you turn it over, and I'm I'm not saying not to do it, but you have to recognize your strengths right. and you have to recognize if you're able to do it. Because when you go get to these games, I I guarantee you, you turn that puck over four or five times a game or or seven times a game. That coach will not put you on that ice again. No way. And you have to quickly recognize really, you know, what your strengths are and uh, kind of slowly work on to get maybe add a little more to your game, add a little more, 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 more. But uh, end of the day for the defenseman, I know all the coaches, not all the coaches, but most of the coaches I know, they really just want the defenseman not to get beat, keep a great gap and be able to break out. If you're able to break out and hit the forest in speed, and then you follow them as a second way and be the offensive threat, you will play top four on any top level team in the country. I think one of the great things about guys like Adam Fox, and you know, I I love the way he plays. Uh, also, I have some bias because he's a Long Island guy, but he is an unbelievable player. And guys like Adam Fox, um, and and obviously, let's just keep going with Kale is they are also amazing shutdown defensemen, right? Yes. And they can yes. easily hop up and be, you know, a fourth forward. But they never forget their role. Yes. They never forget what their actual job description is, and that is to play defense. Like, like, you can't just always be on the offense. You can't be a defender that's trying to fly the zone all the time and, you know, look for those cherry pick plays. You have to do your job, too. And guys like that, they just they just know how to do both roles. Um, but finding finding your identity, I think personally, is more of a, a peewee through a first year midget thing. As far as where you really want to play, do you want to be a winger? You want to be a center? You want to be a D? And then you can start to specialize from there. I I really like the. Uh, the concept and the mindset that that's being pushed nowadays where players try all positions, you know, you, you know, you have Mike coaches that will start you on forward one day. They'll put you on D the next, they'll have you on left wing center, right wing. They'll, they'll, they'll play you. They'll even play you goalie just to see if you like it. Cause you never know. Right. Back in the day, it was always like, all right, I don't want to do that. Okay, that's the one thing about this game for me personally. I know I don't want to do that. But who knows if somebody threw pads on me when I was five or six, if I would have loved it. Right. So I think it's great that they're pushing for these kids to, you know, try all the different positions and and see how it works out for them. But 
you know, like starting to specialize by peewee and then really hyper-focusing on that specialization by bantam and midget, um, you can, you can really start to hyper focus, like I said, hyper focus and develop on how you can be the best version of that. Right. So not everybody is going to be a top three forward. Not everybody's going to be a top six forward. Not everybody's going to be a nine. There's going to be fourth line grinders. How do you turn yourself into the best grinder possible that makes you uh, somebody that every team can need? that every team can want, right? So I think about guys like, personally, like Sean Avery, right? Not not a top six guy, but personally one of my favorites, right? I know that a lot of people hate the guy, but I think that he was extremely underrated as a player, but played his position perfectly. If he was on anybody's team, how could you not want a guy like that? I mean, you you can talk about guys like Sean Thornton and Dan Carcillo and and go down the line of these, you know, bottom six guys, quote unquote, bottom six guys who did their jobs perfectly and understood their role. They identified their role and they did it to the best of their ability. hundred percent, hundred percent. And and, uh, you know, going back from this to youth hockey, it relates exactly the same way because, uh, you know, U15, U16 uh, is so hard to play with just three lines. Uh, some of the teams, they do it. Some, some of them, they have four lines. I think with the, you uh, know, uh, the injuries at this level, they occur way more often than, you know, in band times and squares or this, these age groups. So, you know, I think for these players, definitely you have to really look at yourself and you have to really always think about what you're going to bring for the game. How are you going to make that coach to put me on that ice again? And really someone always going to be sick or someone's going to have a flu or someone's going to maybe, maybe get hurt for a couple of weeks. And you always, even if you are the fourth line player during the season, you will always get that chance to play in that top nine or may, or maybe the top six. And I think, you know, you have to really just, uh, you know, recognize yourself, what kind of player you are. If you're in that fourth line role, I'm going to leave it out there, do whatever the coach want me to. I'm going to be the first man for check, like a wolf chasing, whatever he's chasing. And uh, meanwhile, recognizing I may get the extra eyes. I'm going to work on that skill. I'm, I'm watching the second power play. I, I may get a chance to get there. So I'm going to work on the angling, how to get the puck. I'm going to work on this and that. I'm, I'm going to work on that skill. Maybe that's stopping me from being in that top six or top nine. And uh, you know, again, we went back to re re recognizing what you're missing and recognizing what you're good at. And if you put in the situation, play under the fourth line or the second power play because somebody got sick, ha has a flu or something, you have to be able to step in. And I'm telling you, I've seen a lot of times where, you know, these guys, they will step in and they would grab that chance and they would run, run with that for years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once again, we come into that re recognition and you're not going to find your weaknesses. You're not going to find uh, what you really need 
like we talked before watching the highlights you have to watch your every shift you have to kind of see what you're missing you have to back in your mind be listening all oh, the coach wants this the coach wants that why am i not put it in that position or maybe that's exactly why because i couldn't i cannot make this play after the wall well let me work on that let me make that play after the wall in practice 75 times so i know how to make that play after the wall and uh you know a lot of these kids uh, can really kind of jump through the lineup up and really you know the point is don't settle just to be the fourth line play because if you're playing on these top teams you know in the u15 u16 you are a pretty good hockey player so yeah. don't settle to you know beat in that role and uh, you know try to recognize what you need to work on and work on it and your chance will come when you first came into the league and you know you were a younger guy obviously how did you start to develop and find your role to eventually have the success that you had with the a-line well first of all i got to the united states when i was 17 years old and i was about 150 pounds and took me about first two shifts to recognize that i have to put on 30 pounds uh like right away so uh you know I knew I was skilled enough. I knew I can score goals. And I really, for me to survive at that time's hockey, I had to put on a lot of pounds. And I would spend in the gym, I would uh, really, next couple of years, I would spend a lot of time to put some weight on. And by the time I, I was 19, I was about 185, 190. Wow. And, uh, you know, that's just recognition of what you really need. Yeah. And in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, I was coming from the European style of hockey to the North American style of hockey. And, uh, you know, for me, I was driven. I, I was really driven not to go back to Europe. I really want to succeed here. And I would listen to the coaches. I would watch the tape with them, whatever they told me to do. I, I was trying to do it. And, uh, you know, it's, it, again, I, I knew I'm going to score 25 to 30 goals. Like I knew that, but I really realize very quickly that all those shifts in between all that stuff what you need to do extra you know i really focus on that and uh you know just uh you know how to take an angle on forecheck how to you know come back into your zone if you play center if you play wing it uh, doesn't matter i really wanted to kind of to be all around player where you know the coach wouldn't look at me as just a goal scorer and he would look at me hey listen i can put this guy in any situation and i think by age 21 22 where i play with the a line uh, I think all three of us on that line got to the point where we could play at any situation. We would play uh, penalty kill, power play, four on four, three on three, any situation because uh, in the coach had trust in us to put us out there. And uh, but it didn't happen right away. It didn't happen overnight because you know if I would be the hockey player when I was 18, 19, when I was 21 or 22, the coach would never put me there. So, you know, now we again talk about the recognition, what you need to implement in your game to become more of an all-around player. Completely makes sense. I mean, you, you obviously have to evolve as a player, but, you know, immediately recognizing, hey, these are these are the flaws and these are the uh, insufficiencies that if, if I'm going to stick around and not only stick around, but succeed, this is what I need to fix and this is what I need to do and, and, and to get right to it. Um, I think there are 
There are players that are that are able to recognize that immediately. There are players that um, may not be able to recognize that immediately, but they take the advice of their coaches and and you know and others. And then there are players that say, "There's nothing wrong with me. It's you. You don't see you know what what the good in me is." Um, and then you see how the chips fall from there. But I'd like to kind of go back to talking about the progression from, uh, you know, mites through peewees as there's no hitting and body checking and then, uh, and then moving on to, uh, bantams, midgets and juniors and so on. I think that when, when you're trying to progress at these younger levels, um, in my personal opinion, the, the two things that players really need to focus on to continue progressing is one, obviously, is their skating. And that's something that you need to continue working on all the time. That never stops. Um, the second one at the youth level, uh, I think more than ever with the speed of the game now needs to be their passing. It needs to be their passing because if these kids start to only focus on their hands and the flashy moves, they are going to continue with that and their hockey IQ is going to suffer. Um, I'm not saying that those things shouldn't be worked on as well, but if you can learn early how to move the puck and support the puck, you are going to end up being, an, and as your favorite word, you are going to end up being an elite hockey player very quickly. Right. You are going to be recognized as somebody that understands how to play the game as a whole, not just as an individual. Um, I, I even see it now uh, coaching uh, 18 AAA. You know, we play against teams and all they try to do is rush it through the neutral zone because the guys don't know how to recognize what the play is either. You know, even on the defensive side of the puck, even even little things just as just as angling and then supporting the you know the initial contact or the initial pressure so that they can be in a position to pick up the puck on the end on the end run it's it's kind of strange to me being somebody that loves the european style of hockey so much like i love those wide stretch passes and i love the support and to see that it's very hard for for players to recognize that because but these kids all have individual skills out the ass like individually these kids are so their raw talent is wild it's wild they're so good but that's individually and then you have to understand that it's a team game and and you have to understand team concepts but so you're skating and you're passing for me um is things that while you're on the ice, you should be working on constantly. I mean, you can be working on your hands and your shot at home. Um, but if you can outskate your competition at those younger levels, you are going to be extremely successful and it's going to set up an amazing foundation for you moving forward. Um, now, once you get to the Bantam and the midget level, as somebody who is coaching there now, I'm going to give the floor to you and ask you, what do you think? And, and especially because your son is at this level as well right now, and he just made, just made the jump, right? So what are the things that you're seeing, not only with your own son, but with all the other players that either did or did not pro 
progress properly and what were the things that they didn't progress at? Yeah, I, I agree with you hundred percent that, uh, for me, skill, like, honestly, for me, skill, making those one-on-one moves at PV and, you know, having those hands and kind of like doing those flashy stuff. That's really not a skill for me. For me, the skill is passing and receiving the pass in top speed. And for me, the skill, really for me, the skill is to advance the play and you put your teammate in the advanced situation. That's a skill for me because you need hands for that. You you need to uh, receive pass in the high speed with the pressure on you and you have to recognize to make the right play. And that really is the skill for me. It's a hockey sense, hockey IQ and skill together. And uh, yes, uh, even at this level, 15, 16, if, you know, top 10 team plays num- num- number 40, obviously, yes, you're going to skate through the neutral zone. You're going to have time to make those moves, not as often as in Bantams, but still you, you're going to have times to try the Michigan behind the net. Yes, yes, you will. Watching top 10 teams playing each other, there is no room. There is absolutely no room. And unless you move the puck and you are able to move the puck under pressure in high speed and making those right right decisions with the puck, you're not really getting scoring chances. And uh, that's really what the parents, and I'm not telling coaches what to do, but uh, definitely parents should focus on that, you know, kind of like recognizing the skill being basically passing, receiving the puck under pressure and making the right plays with the puck to advance the play. Because, you know, last weekend I watched three really good hockey games and in three hockey games on both sides, I really seen probably three or four times from all teams, somebody beat the D while one-on-one. It doesn't happen. And those, those D are so good. They will gap you so well and they will give you nothing. And, uh, but if they, if you have support and you can make a short passes and create any kind of small two on ones and, you know, get one touch pass back and, you know, kind of look away and hit somebody coming late and stuff like that. Yes. That's for me. That's how you're going to create now. And, you know, watching the NHL on TV uh, for last hour and a half, I haven't seen anybody beat anybody one on one. I, you know, Mac Mac David is starting at ten thirty tonight. He probably gonna do it once or twice a game, but you know that's about it. And and you know just uh, looking at the game and watching my son play, and you know my son telling me what his coach is telling him, and you know really like what he's doing with him by the way. And uh, you know he just told him one thing, and he said. Uh, I'm going to challenge you or I I want from you because when you get the puck, you make the right decisions with the puck and your skill takes over and skill taking over. It's not, he doesn't skate with it end to end. That means that he creates better situation. He makes a good pass or he moves it at the right time or he takes the shot when he needs to. And the challenge for him is to, I, I, I want you to get 10, 10 more touches of the puck again. Because if you get 10, 10 more touches of the bug of the game in the game, that means that we probably gonna create three or four more scoring chances. That means that you you may get a two more shots on that. That means that you may have one or two point more points a game. And uh, but 
it doesn't mean he wants him to get the puck and skate with it till he loses it and you know going ahead through the wall and you know try to be four defensemen. So you know, for me, watching the you know those high end players, even you know I. I actually watched uh, one high-end player who was top high-end player at the 07 level uh, throughout the years. I was watching him, and and he was he's a very explosive player, but still with the explosion of what he has and him not moving the puck. And I was watching game and a half. He basically and those game and a half didn't have one point. He had a couple of shots on net where he kind of took the puck wide, took an angle shot, but you know, it's, uh, and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I so, well, somebody tell him, move that puck. You have support there. You will get the puck back. Move it to him. Move it to your center. He's going to hit you back with speed on that right side, but you're going to have a very less pressure. Then use that burst of speed, get that shot in, you might score. And, uh, you know, so, you know, there's just a, 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 another example how you have to recognize which level you play in, what's working, what do you have to add to your game? And if you don't add that, moving the puck, you know, creating those short two-on-ones, you know, giving goals and all that, uh, for me, that's a skill. If you don't add that to your game, I don't think you're going to be even next year the top line player. Yeah, and you know we always come back to recognizing what you miss, and you know again, watch the video, watch yourself play. Don't watch that one toe drag move you did, and you know it's unbelievable. Everybody is gonna clap for you. Just watch your whole shifts. Watch how many. And I'm not talking about the big turnovers when you try to like just you know like in the neutral zone try to toe drag the defenseman, and all of a sudden they come in. I'm talking about losing position of the puck. And uh, those D, you lose that possession of the puck, those D on the other team will break out because they have another three really good forwards who's going to help them to break out. And all of a sudden, instead of uh, being in the offensive zone and, you know, have a chance and create some, you know, create something, uh, you lose possession of the puck, all of a sudden it's coming your way. You're you're the last guy in. You kind of look bad because you're the last guy on a back check. And all of a sudden... You know, it may work for month two, maybe, and all of a sudden, beginning of next year, the coach is gonna say, you know what? No, he's not a first-time player, and all of a sudden, it's gonna start to snowball with you, and and you know, it's gonna go the wrong path. So definitely, again, you know, watch yourself on video, and if something doesn't work for, I just watch game and a half. If something doesn't work for game and a half, obviously, it, it's it's not working, and uh, you know. Again, we come back to that. You have to realize, you know, you have to kind of realize what you need to be, what you need to work on and what your strengths are. I think being being open to criticism is extremely important to growth and, and your identity as a player as a whole. Um, you, you, have, you have a group of guys that may be right there in whatever that sense is right there from being the best version of what they can be, but they don't want to be told that they're not there yet, or they don't want to be told that, you know, this move, you know, let's say they jump from that peewee to that bantam or bantam to midget, that, that move that you've been successful at doing for, you know, who knows how many years that it's over, that move's gone right now. Like you're not able to perform that move 
especially in a dangerous situation, you need to be able to expand your game. And guess what? You may not be very good at expanding your game in a different way right away. You're going to make mistakes, but there's, there's fear by players um, at not being great at it right away. And, you know, whenever you do something new, you're going to suck at it. Uh, if you take a guy who has no mitts and you tell him that he needs to start working on his mitts like crazy, you know, it's still, it's not going to be very good in the beginning, but you keep working you keep working and it's going to get better and it's going to develop. And before you know it, you're going to have much exponentially better hands, but you can't be afraid of making a mistake in a game because then you're playing scared, right? Then you're playing scared and then the mistakes are going to be, you know, completely blown up. Um, and then it's going to be in a way worse position than you were in the first place. If you just tried to roll with it and, and play your, play your game, push yourself, but play your game and, and make increments to it. But I think that, you know, the, the main topic of discussion today was, was to identify yourself as a player and to progress with it. And people on and off the ice, and, you know, I'm not trying to play philosopher here, but people on and off the ice have, in an overgeneralization, have this sense of perhaps being something that they're not. And that can be very dangerous for a hockey player's career. And I think that, you know, to go back to what we said before about how to, how to identify who you are and what you are earlier, I, I truly believe that you can start to have these conversations with yourself, have these conversations with your coaches, um, with your other teammates, you know, how, how do, especially the ones that you enjoy playing with, you know, where, where do I fit in here? How, again, where do you fit in here and how can we be the best while we're playing together on a team? And then, you know, maybe you start to figure out things about yourself and, and, and take that and run with it. It's you need to be yourself though you need to be yourself and you cannot consistently try to be something that you're not. And it's that sticking to your skill set and then being the best at that skill set that you could possibly be. Um, like I said, I'm not trying to be Jordan Peterson here as the, you know, the big philosopher or anything. It's, it, this is a personal opinion, but I have seen it. I've talked to players about it for years. Um, and many of the players that I've talked to for years have taken that advice and, and run with it and ended up having stellar careers and, you know, D one pro and, and so on and so forth. And it's, um, it's finding, finding who you are, being the best at who you are and never being satisfied with the position or level that you're at. And that's how you're going to keep progressing. Yes, I got a couple of things to follow up on this just came to my mind and it may sound too harsh, but uh, I think one of the most important thing, don't try to be a player your father wants you to be because that's how he sees you. Because in most cases, unless your father has very good hockey knowledge, the father is wrong. And I, I don't want to sound really bad. It may, maybe came out the wrong way, but I've seen it a thousand times and I've seen it a thousand and I'm sure you did too. And uh, the other thing is that uh, there's a lot of good coaches out there. And I, I know a lot of good coaches and a lot of them, if you come to them and you ask them for their help 
and they will help you to recognize a lot of things. And trust me, I am one of the coaches. If you try to do the right thing and if you try and not the right thing, if you try to become a better hockey player and you and you're gonna make the mistake and i know as a coach that you're working on it to become a better player i'm gonna you're gonna come to my bench and i'm gonna tap you all, all over the shoulder and i'm gonna say try that again because that's the right play i i don't care that you screw it up i don't care but you try to make that play again and there is a lot of coaches like that. And, you know, there still might be some all-time coaches from the 80s. They're going to scream at you. Probably they are. But I know a lot of coaches who coach like that. And uh, they will definitely help you to recognize what you need to do. They 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 will help you to recognize the strengths and recognize what you need to work on. And there is not one coach, one friendly is who I respect. They will yell at you if you try to recognize what you need to work on and you implement it in your game, try to do it and you make a mistake. They will never yell at you and they will never sit you for it. They will tap you on the shoulder and say, go out there and do it again. Right. Yeah, that was that was the right look. That was the right play. Maybe the execution wasn't there at that time. But I love that you're trying to see this and you're trying to do this. And it's, you know, don't be afraid to try that again because, you know, it's going to be there it's going to be there and, and keep doing the right things and, and good things will happen. And, you know, that reminds me of when I was, uh, I was coaching peewees a few years back and, um, there, there, I'm not going to name them, but there was this workhorse of a kid and, you know, there were bigger, stronger, faster kids than he, than he is even now. Um, and he's blossomed into a hell of a player and, uh, He's the type of guy that's up at five o'clock in the morning doing the lessons and doing the skating lessons. And um, he's in the driveway ripping pucks and, and all the right things. And he was one of the most coachable players that I've ever had the pleasure of coaching. And he was not a first line guy that year. And, you know, he never stopped trying to do the right thing, even though he wasn't able to hundred percent execute it right then and there last year, he played the same level again and he was an absolute stud stud because he consistently kept trying to do the right things, knew that it was the right way to do it maybe just couldn't pull it off yet and kept working and kept working and kept working. And he has been a top line guy ever since. And I truly say this, that he has been one of my favorite kids that I've ever had the honor and the pleasure of coaching. Um, also comes from an amazing family that, that understands what it takes and that maybe it's not the right now, but if we keep trying to do the right things, that, that good things are going to come. And this is the type of kid, this is the type of kid, it's not the type, this is the kid that the year after I coached him, he was with a whole new set of kids that didn't know how to play you know, the passing game and the support game. And, you know, it was very, you know, straight North South type game. And during a practice, I was out there helping with his team. He is pulling the kids from his line to the board to explain the zone entries and the support and the cycles and how we can move the puck and, you know, different angles of attack so that we can hit. I, my jaw was on the floor, Peter. My jaw was on the floor 
And, you know, this kid plays double A hockey in Charlotte, North Carolina. And I bet my bottom dollar that if this kid keeps progressing with the way that I know that this kid will, he's going to have a hell of a life on the ice. And it's just an amazing thing to see. Like he was super frustrated. He'd come back to the bench, he'd be beat red in the face. Like, I can't believe I didn't make that pass or I can't. I was like, just keep doing the right things. Just keep doing the right things. And it's going to come. I'm super excited to see how this kid turns out in life. Like, it, cause I know he's not going to change. He's not the type of kid that's going to change. He's going to keep progressing and keep working and keep watching this game. And it is going to be a beautiful thing. But he broke through that that fear and and that that kind of ceiling on him that he always wanted it to be perfect or he wanted it to work out every single time. And he knew he was doing the right things, but it just wasn't working because he wasn't there yet. But he kept doing it and kept doing it and kept doing it. And it's, I, I mean, I, I, you can hear it. Like, I just love talking about this player. Like he's just like the salt of the earth, like the absolute salt of the earth was never the best, you know, dangler. Uh, he's worked on it like crazy. And every other coach, like I've hooked him up with other coaches to go do other things. And they all say the same thing. Like, this kid is going to be unreal because if you tell him something that you want him to do, he will immediately apply it. Like without a doubt, next shift done. Right. And he's willing to take the criticism. He's willing to be told, Hey, that wasn't the right play. You need to look for this one. Yes, sir. You know, and move on. It's, it's an amazing thing. And the guys like that who may not be the best, we've talked about this before a dozen times, the guy like that who may not have been the best the first year of Pee Wee, he's going to make a hell of an NCAA player. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's definitely – it's so funny. We talk about the recognizing, and this kid figured out when he was, what, 8, 9, 10? Yeah, like 11. Yeah, like 11 years old and like yeah. recognizing that he – he may not be able to pull it off, but he sees it. It's there. You know, like it's, it's like when Neo first sees the matrix and he doesn't understand what any of the symbols means, but he knows that it's there and then it starts to come to him. And then everything's just moving around like Kung Fu master. This kid's going to get it, man. I know it. I know it. I feel it in my bones. I felt it in my bones two and a half years ago when I first met him and it was like day one, what do you need from me kind of guy? And it just, you can't buy that. You can't buy it. And those types of kids is like the, the reason that I love doing this so much because I see that passion. I see that love and that want and that fire and that, that desire to be better and that desire to see the game and play the game the right way. And this kid did not give a shit about glory. Not one, not one care in the world about being, you know, the, the hero or the stud. He just wanted to learn it the right way and make that great pass and make that great play and, and do everything that he could for the team. And like you said, fill any role and be able to do anything. And, you know, there, like I said, there were guys that towered over him. They were um, way better skaters. They are way better puck handlers. Their shot was much better. And, you know, now I would, I would take him at the same level as those kids any day. I would. 
I consider, even though he doesn't play triple A, um, like there is no real triple A in Charlotte. Let's be honest. There's no triple A in Charlotte. So he, he doesn't play triple A, but when he's able to move out, I know that his parents are going to support him because of how much work he puts into it and, and, and how much better he's gotten through himself. Right. Like, you, you know, he, he does skill sessions. He does the training. He does all these things, but you know, the, you know, just as well as I do, there's plenty of kids that go do all that stuff and, and, they don't get in they don't like it, it's very small progression because they don't yeah. want it as much maybe it's because mom and dad forced them to go or whatever their reason is that's not my problem it's it's this kid will be setting up the nets and having the pucks out 15 minutes before lesson time at 5 30 in the morning just popping them because he's like all right i can get an extra 15 minutes in here and this is what i want to buzz today I want to hit every single shot. I don't want to miss the net once today. Just that type of kid. Like it excites you to be a coach, you know, it excites you to be a coach. It excites you to be part of the game. It excites you to, you know, work with players who, who recognize that I may not be able to do it today, but if I give everything I have, and I'm watching every game I can. And like you said, I'm watching my live barns. This is a kid who we have a, uh, we have a family chat between myself, both his parents and him. Like 11 o'clock at night, I'll get texts from him. Hey, I just saw this in so-and-so NHL game. Are you watching the game so you could talk me through it? What? What? Exactly what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Dude, you're 12. You have school tomorrow. Go to bed. <laughs> like, but no, he's this kid's up and grinding. He doesn't stop working. And those are the guys that have identified at an early age that this is what I want. I'm not a guy that plays hockey. I am a hockey player through and through. I eat, sleep, and breathe this. And I'm going to do everything it takes for me to be the best version of myself as a player as possible. So uh, 10 points to him and all the other players out there that are like him. I'm sure this is going to re uh, relate with a lot of, a lot of parents about their children and, and players themselves. And, you know, maybe something that I said about this young man can start to resonate with other players who are like, Holy smokes. There's a 12 and 13 year old kid that is doing all of these things and I'm doing a fraction of that and think I'm going to get the same results. Like, there's just no way. There's no way that if you do a fraction of that, that you're going to be able to compare to that player. It's not going to happen. You have to identify it. Do you want, do you want to be, you know, at the top or, or, or are you content? And he's not content. He's never, it's never good enough. Like, but not to a way that it starts to degrade his, his day. You know, it's not that mental, you know, that, not supposed to say this anymore, Peter, but that mental midget, it's not the mental midget that, you know, absolutely eats at himself. If there's a small mistake or, or anything, it's okay. I'm learning from this right now. And, you know, I love to see it. I love to be a part of it. And that is, that is a guy that is going to consistently progress up the ranks. Like it's not going to stop for him. If he, the only thing, the only way that it's going to stop for him is if he stops himself, which yeah. I don't see happening. 
Nice. It's all self-propelled. It's all self-propelled. This is the type of kid that I think he just turned 13. Oh, he's just about to turn 13 next month. He's just about to turn 13 next month. And his parents never forced him to go to the rink once. Never. His parents are never forcing him to go to the rink. They're always like the day he doesn't want to go is the day we stop coming. Okay. You know? Yeah. So 100%. And, you know, like even the parents to listen to us today, they can hear the excitement from you and me when you talk about player like that, because, you know, me as a coach, I'm going to always put this player on the ice, even that he makes that mistake. I'm going to put in there again because I know he's trying and I know he's trying to do the right thing. I, I know he's going to come back tomorrow and ask to learn more. And uh, this is something where, you know, he can really write this. Even he doesn't know he's writing this, but he can write this to D1 college. Oh, yeah. Like, why not? Because even at that level, coaches want players like that. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, definitely even I think some coaches would take prayer like that more than some stuck up cocky stud who's a bad teammate and maybe score five more goals a year than him. No, the coach is going to take this kid. Always. And this is always. And the coaches will always work with you. They will always help you. They will take extra time to explain to you when they see that, that you want to learn, when the coaches see you, when you want to learn, you want to do the right thing. You want to implement those things you learn in practice or from the coach into the game. And you ask for more and you want to get better and better. The coaches will stand behind you. If you make a mistake, they're going to put you on that ice again. And you know what? You made that mistake three times, but the fourth time you're going to do is right. They're going to put you there the fourth time. And, uh, you know, I was so excited to see you be that excited because like for us coaches, when we see kids like that, it's uh, definitely so much more enjoyable to coach. For sure. For sure. And, you know, he's just one example, right? You know, you know, you've played with guys like you, I mean, not that you've played with one, you've played with dozens of guys like that at that top level. And it's not just a job, right? Like it, it, you see the passion in these guys. They love this. They're the guys like you, you hear the stories about guys like Kobe and Mike and Tom Brady and stuff like that. But there, there have to be so many guys that you played with that would immediately go hit the video sessions or immediately do their rehab so that tomorrow, if they had a day, they could get back to it. Right. You hear all the stories about guys like Rod Brindamore, right. Who just like, who just didn't freaking stop. They just never stopped that love and that passion and that drive and that fire within them. And to be able to see that at the youth level is an incredible thing. It really is because sometimes as we get older, we forget about what it was like to be kids yes you know yes. we forget what it was like to have that mentality and that that aspiration for that dream that you have and you know some of us recognized earlier than others what it takes to be able to achieve that dream and then others look back and go i wish i would have just done more of this or i wish i would have done more than that because i actually had a lot of talent or you know i didn't care enough i liked it but i didn't love it you know and it's uh 
it's a weird phenomena that we go through growing up and being able to look back through through our own histories and and, and see those guys and that passion and you know saying this today i uh i ran into an old teammate of mine that had an amazing career uh today actually this evening before this recording uh his dad was the guy that brought me to canada um, they run an extremely successful uh, international skills company. Um, and I ran into him tonight and he was one of those guys. He was one of those guys that just always had that love. And I haven't seen him in 13, 14 years. Wow. He was out there working with players and st just still has it like we do. And it's just great to see and you know to see other guys that are that are pushing this type of love and this passion and this work ethic onto these kids and and uh and this new generation no it's when i look back you know i don't want to like miss out some players but there is a lot of players who uh, who had this and and i really was one of those players uh like i you know, like for me, I like I always try to figure out, you know, how to make my stick better. How can I, you know, get more touches on the ice? How can I get into more scoring chances? You know, like, like for me, I think I didn't understand why I was doing it. For me, it was just like a love of the game because I, I love the game to this day. Like, like, like I love hockey. Like I do love hockey. I watch it. I, you know, I really enjoy my son playing hockey. I enjoy coming to the rings to watch. And, you know, even when I walk to the rink, I stop at the other side and I watch like a might practice because I just, you know, I just kind of enjoy watching it. And I see what the coaches are doing and, you know, see those little kids and those parents like standing there with the coffee and, you know, and just like back on my mind goes, yeah. You know, just enjoy now. This is the best time when they play the cross, cross ice hockey and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's uh, it's actually really hard if you don't have any type of this drive. Yeah, you have to be exceptional talent without this to kind of make it. But uh, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be around a lot of players like that and learn a lot from them. And uh, you know. I like to call myself one of those players who were like really driven, but like in the right way. Like I wasn't driven to make a big contract for some reason. Like I, I wasn't driven to, you know, to like be more on TV, be more famous. I was just driven to be better. Like I just wanted to be good because I, I had joy of scoring. Like, you know, if I can score five more goals next year, so five more times where I'm going to really enjoy it. You know, it's just that simple. And uh, so, yeah, definitely, you know, you definitely just reminded me a lot of the, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff what I was doing. And, uh, and uh, you know, I remember to this day when I got married when I was 27. And, you know, my wife is uh, telling me why always the last guy coming from the locker room and, you know, like, Meantime, the game ended and I didn't well how I played. I was all, all, all already preparing for the next game. 
And, you know, if I missed a couple one-timers, I went to work with my stick for 20 minutes and try to figure out why. And, you know, because, you know, and all, all that stuff, I always want to go to the gym and try to recover for next day practice and uh, stuff like that. But, you know, it's just like driven, you know, just kind of like driven to play for as long as, as I could because I loved it. You know, like I really still love the game. So definitely, uh, you know, something... Uh, I know we're getting towards the end of this uh, podcast, and uh, but you know, it was uh, kind of reminding me of my playing days. So it's always make makes me feel good. And on the flip and, side, I love shutting guys like you down. That was that was yeah. my life every day. It was like I'm not I'm not gonna let this guy score on me. Like I, you know, yeah. you 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 look at the other side of the roster and you're like, all right, this guy's tucked thirty this year. He's not tucking any on me. That's not yeah. happening today. And I'm gonna talk shit to you the entire way to the corner. You know, like while I'm putting you on your ass, I'm going to talk shit to you the entire way that there's no way it's going to happen to me. And that was my joy. And, you know, on the flip side of that, if I, if, if a guy did, you know, get me that day or, or, or I had an off day, it was all right. How did this guy beat me laterally? How did this guy do this? Like, you know, okay. If this is a foot speed thing, I need to get back. I need to get back on the ladder. I need to start doing things again and, and, and working on that. And it's, uh, it's it's just part of the being, I suppose. I, I guess you know, as that old phrase, like I said before, about being a hockey player, or a guy that plays hockey, or you know, but you could say that about any sport, right? We, I, this is just our thing that we that we talk about here. But it's being competitive within yourself to be better than yourself today, right? Like, how could I be better tomorrow than I was today? Mm. And some guys have that naturally. Some guys need that push. Some guys don't have it at all. And that's just the facts of life, right? It's just the facts of life. But um, I think that something that, that these parents and players can take away from this is that while, while this is you know, a journey, right? From, from eight to 16, 17, this, this is a journey. Um, it does go faster than you think. It goes faster than you think. And I'm not preaching on you to be harping at your seven-year-old that they need to identify who they are as a midget hockey player at seven. Um, but you can start to see the basic skill set of your player by, by seven, eight years old. They start that early, right? If they start that early, you can start to see that basic skill set on that and, and starting to identify, you know, things that they're already lacking. Um, and, and working with them and helping them um, develop into the, you know, top tier player that uh, you, you put all this time and money and effort into them becoming and, and hopefully that they want to be themselves. But don't, uh, I, I don't like the, you know, this can, this, this can wait this can wait. They're only seven. They're only eight. Cause then it turns into they're only 14. They're only 15. And it's like, yeah, well, this guy's going to the USHL. This guy's, you know, going to us national camp at 15. So what are we talking about here? This needs, this cannot be the, the infantile. Um, they're just kids forever. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not that way. And, um, I, I also think that your child doesn't want you to treat them like a child at 15. They're, they're a young adult and they should be starting to recognize these things themselves. And it should be 
a group effort, as they say, it takes a village. Like it, it takes a group effort to to help that player uh, who needs that help to identify that in themselves. Yes, hundred percent. I think you put perfect end to this uh, topic. I uh, definitely uh, agree with you hundred percent on that. And uh, you know, don't want to end the podcast right away. I. Um, I have a very important message for the parents and uh, here we go. A little funny. Here we go. A little PSA from PS. Yeah. Very important message. So uh, this weekend we were up to Boston, great hockey, you know, really enjoyed the whole weekend. We were up there with the whole family and uh, you know, it was a good times. And um, we had a Sunday game at three 30 at the Rodman arena. I think a- a- anybody who is on the East coast, or you know, I think anybody in youth hockey who oh, fly there. to Boston or play at the Radman Arena in Foxborough, yep. and uh, you know, I think the most important lesson from that Sunday I learned: you always have to check the NFL schedule when the Patriots <laughs> are playing, because uh-huh. after the long weekend and a whole family is really tired and we just want to get home, I open up the door, walking from the Radman place and i probably 200 yards away there is that route one going all the way through norwood to boston and that thing is a parking lot and i go what the hell just happened you know i'm like calculating in my head okay it's five o'clock i really want to be back in bed you know the kids are having school tomorrow i want to be back home by nine o'clock but this is not looking good so yes the patriots game just ended and we were stuck in traffic there for another hour 15 you know just to get out of there so definitely check your game schedule check the patriot schedule if you're up in boston while you want to drive back to uh back south peter you keep getting the short end of the stick buddy it's either a 7 a.m game or it's stuck in patriots practice it's it's always something with you i think i'm going to stick out of the car with you man i think i'll just drive myself uh trust me trust me i uh you know there's a new sport out there right now and that's the to beat the vase beat the waves <laughs> yeah beat the waves there is a new sport out there and trust me every time you drive up from new jersey up north to boston you never beat the waves and you know you're just kind of driving up you know you kind of go in towards the tappan zee bridge and and you know as soon as i cross the bridge i know it's coming something is coming and uh yeah definitely you know when in jersey tells you it's 3 45 it's always 4 30. like it's like never it never happened driving up to boston it never happened to me and driving back to new jersey that you know i would actually beat the base man it's uh youth hockey at it again youth hockey yes. at it again it, it's the it never beauty of the youth hockey always always like i said it's either 6 a.m or you're stuck in a parking lot either one you're screwed but yes, yes exactly but for another amazing conversation with you uh i hope that the parents and players can take something uh, that resonates and that they can uh, move forward with this today and uh as peter Big Papi, as always, it was a great conversation. Thank you very much. And uh, I look forward to next week's conversation with you. And uh, to all the parents and players out there who 
are going to be stuck in parking lots or at rinks at 6 a.m. We wish you the best this weekend. <laughs> All right. All right. See you, big papi. See you later. Ahojte všetci, sme kapela zo Slovenska, Cicobent a René Rendy a počúvate rozhovor Katsumoto s Petrom Sikorom a s Jeffom Loubmanom. Oh!